98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines. China announces a series of countermeasures against the United States as well as sanctions on US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after her visit to Taipei earlier this week. Here in Hong Kong, a government spokesman reiterates that the SAR government firmly opposes any external forces interfering in the internal affairs of China and a task force looking into the accident at last week's concert by the boy band Mirror says metal fatigue on a suspensions cord holding a large video panel was likely the reason why it snapped. China has announced a series of countermeasures against the United States as well as sanctions on US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after her visit to Taipei earlier this week. Cecil Wong reports. The foreign ministry said it's cancelling or suspending dialogue with Washington on issues such as climate change, military relations and anti-drug efforts. Dialogue between area commanders and Defense Department heads will be cancelled, along with talks on military maritime safety. In addition, cooperation on climate change, returning illegal immigrants, criminal investigations, transnational crime and illegal drugs will be suspended. The foreign ministry also announced sanctions on Nancy Pelosi, saying she was seriously interfering in China's internal affairs and seriously undermining China's sovereignty and territorial integrity with her visit to Taipei, having disregarded Beijing's concerns and opposition. The foreign ministry said the visit constituted gross interference in China's internal affairs and severely threatened peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. The sanctions target the U.S. House Speaker and her immediate family members. The statements did not give details about the sanctions. Here in Hong Kong, a government spokesman reiterated that the SAR government firmly opposes any external forces interfering in the internal affairs of China and will fully support and facilitate all necessary measures by the central government to resolutely safeguard national sovereignty and territorial integrity. Earlier, the Foreign Ministry summoned diplomats from several European countries and the European Union to lodge solemn representations over a statement on Taiwan issued by G7 foreign ministers and the EU. Foreign Minister Wang Yi said the statement distorts facts and confounds right and wrong. Non-interference in internal affairs is a most basic principle for maintaining peace and stability in our world. The law of the jungle cannot be allowed to rule over relations among nations. I believe that this so-called G7 statement is just a sheer piece of waste paper and will never get support and a positive response from the international community. A task force looking into the accident at last week's concert by the boy band Mirror says metal fatigue on a suspension cord holding a large video panel was likely the reason why it snapped, leading to the screen falling on stage and injuring two dancers, one of them seriously. An assistant director of the Leisure and Cultural Services Department, Lee Tzu-chun, is leading the task force. At the spot where the cable broke, there are signs suggesting that metal fatigue is highly likely to be the cause. There is still a lot of testing to be done before we come to our final conclusion. We will not rule out other possibilities. 
A second person has died from malaria at the second death in a cluster of 30 cases linked to people who recently flew in from West Africa. 19 in the cluster are now being treated in public hospitals for the mosquito-borne disease and health authorities are procuring more medication. Dr Lau Kahin is chief manager of the hospital authority. Our experts said they had never seen such cases where patients carry such a high number of malaria parasites. Meanwhile, the Centre for Health Protection reported 4,223 new coronavirus cases and 205 imported infections. The government says students and teachers will have to continue doing rapid COVID tests every day in the new academic year. It said the arrangement will be maintained until further notice, as this helps with gatekeeping at schools. More from Priscilla Ung. In a statement, the Education Bureau said the decision on rat tests was made after listening to views from the Centre for Health Protection. It promised to keep distributing test kits to needy students. Half-day face-to-face classes will also continue in the new academic year. Secondary schools that have all their staff fully vaccinated and a student inoculation rate of at least 90% may arrange full-day sessions. The Bureau called on pupils to get triple jabbed as soon as possible. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The head of a medical group operating two community vaccination centres says nearly 50 toddlers received Sinovac jabs at the facilities yesterday. The first day children aged between six months and three years were able to get inoculated against COVID-19. As Damon Pang reports, the youngest was 11 months old. Samuel Kwok said the vaccination centres he runs in Kunchong and Changsawan inoculated 18 and 29 toddlers respectively. Dr Kwok said things ran smoothly and none of the children suffered adverse reactions. But just to be safe, he said his group has a paediatrician at each centre for the time being. Because we have just begun vaccinating toddlers, people may be a little bit worried, so we have paediatricians on site. Actually, we only need to station one doctor at each vaccination centre to care for anyone who may have a problem, who needs special medical care or who may have an adverse reaction. So right now we add an extra paediatrician who can also care for others getting jabbed. Dr. Kwok said extra first aid gear has also been brought in because the set for toddlers is different from adults. Feeding and nursing rooms have also been provided. He said there's no need to cap the number of bookings at the moment because there are still plenty of slots available and his centres also serve those who walk in on the day. New People's Party lawmaker Eunice Young has publicly disowned her father-in-law, Elmer Yen, over national security concerns. She published a statement in a newspaper announcing that she was cutting ties with the businessman and commentator. Frank Young reports. Eunice Young took action after the Security Bureau denounced Mr Yoon on Wednesday, along with journalist Victor Ho and disqualified lawmaker Sixtus Leung over an alleged security law violation. A spokesman has severely condemned the trio for forming what he described as a so-called Hong Kong parliament overseas, suspected of contravening the offense of subversion under Article 22 of the National Security Law. The Bureau also vowed to bring any offenders to justice and urged the public to dissociate themselves from such people to avoid bearing any unnecessary legal risks. In her statement, the New People's Party legislator said that as a Chinese with a grand blood of the motherland coursing through her veins, she was severing ties with Mr. Yun and putting the country's interests first. 
An 86-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter after his wife's body was found at their home in Tokwawan. Officers said they received a call from the couple's son yesterday saying his 81-year-old mother was lying unconscious in a flat at Lokmansun Chen. Police say the, the woman had been chronically ill. Hong Kongers will receive the next batch of electronic consumption vouchers this weekend. Speaking on RTHK, Jesse Wong from the Financial Secretary's Office said around 6.2 million people are scheduled to get $2,000 on Sunday and the remaining $3,000 a couple of months later. She said the aim of split, splitting up the payments was to make the stimulus effect last longer. When we delivered the first batch in April, some merchants said they were very happy, but the impact quickly subsided. Compared to last year, when we handed out the vouchers separately in August and October, everyone was happy and the atmosphere was good, both in August and October. So this time we're also doing it in phases, in the hope that the economic stimulus effect will be stronger and will last longer. The government says some 260,000 people have applied to switch their designated payment platforms. The Secretary for Housing, Winnie Ho, has defended the proposed hike in rent for public flats, saying she hopes people will accept the move. The Housing Authority has proposed raising rents by 1.17% while waiving the extra amount in the first year of adjustment to ease the economic burden on tenants during the COVID pandemic. Ms Ho says the plan strikes a balance between reason and compassion and takes into account the long-term financial situation of the authority. Eddie Chung, Special Representative for Economic and Trade Affairs to the European Union, has been appointed as the new Director of Broadcasting. He will take up the post in early October. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Igrid Young, said Mr Chung was a seasoned administrative officer with proven leadership and management skills. He was Deputy Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury before he was assigned to the Economic and Trade Affairs Office in 2019. Malaysia's Court of Appeal has overturned a landmark ruling that let mothers with foreign spouses automatically pass on their nationality to children born overseas. The decision means such youngsters will continue to face difficulty accessing public services such as free education and healthcare due to a lack of Malaysian documents. Priscilla Ung reports. The new decision overturns last September's ruling by the High Court, who had found in favour of a group of affected mothers causing the government to appeal. The mothers had challenged what it said were discriminatory citizenship rules, arguing they breached constitutional equality guarantees. Similar restrictions do not apply to Malaysian men whose offspring enjoy a straight path to citizenship. Mothers can apply for their overseas-born children to be granted citizenship, but authorities have rarely agreed. Lawyers for the mothers now say they will appeal to the country's highest court. A Pakistani journalist has been released in Afghanistan a day after he was detained by the Taliban. Anas Malik, who works for the Indian broadcaster Weon, arrived in the capital Kabul on Wednesday to cover the first anniversary of the Taliban seizing power. From Kabul, here's the BBC's Yogita Limaye. Anas Malik was reporting on Thursday afternoon from the area where Al-Qaeda chief Ayman al-Zawahiri is believed to have been killed, following which he was not reachable by his family or his company for more than 12 hours. At around 11 a.m. local time on Friday, he called his brother to say he's safe and is returning to his hotel in Kabul. Anas has also posted a message saying, I am back on Twitter, and Pakistan's ambassador to Afghanistan has confirmed his release. 
The Taliban says he was taken in for questioning because he didn't have the mandatory press permit needed to work in Afghanistan. Three more ships loaded with grain have sailed from Ukrainian ports, one from Odessa bound for Ireland and two others for, from Chornomorsk towards Britain and Turkey. Between them, the vessels are carrying more than 50,000 tonnes of produce. Moscow and Kyiv agreed in Istanbul last month to resume shipments from Ukrainian ports, easing Russia's blockade of the Black Sea for the first time since it began military operations against its neighbour in February. The French government has activated a crisis unit to try to coordinate efforts to deal with a historic drought that's affecting almost all of the mainland. Farmers have warned the drought will impact yields. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. Repeated heat waves and extremely low rainfall has forced about two-thirds of regions in mainland France to declare a water crisis. Prime Minister Bourne's office said the conditions were disastrous for France's ecosystems but also for its farmers. The drought is affecting yields, a worry given already high food prices. France is one of the world's biggest exporters of wheat. Nuclear power, the country's main source of electricity, is also being impacted at a time of soaring global energy prices. The state energy company EDF has had to reduce output at some nuclear plants as river temperatures are too high to provide sufficient cooling. To sport and the Premier League is finally back for a look at some of the big games to look forward to this opening weekend. Here's the BBC's John Bennett. The Premier League is back and it's going to be a very different season with a World Cup taking place later this year to effectively split the campaign in two. Yet again, many are predicting a two-horse title race between defending champions Manchester City and Liverpool, who currently hold all the domestic cups. City begin their title defence against West Ham at the London Stadium, where they dropped points last season. Meanwhile, Liverpool face newly promoted Fulham, who've had a frustrating transfer window, but did sign the Arsenal keeper Bernd Leno this week. So the question is, can anyone challenge that top two? Tottenham fans feel like they might be able to give it a go after some impressive new faces have joined Antonio Conte's squad. They start their campaign at home to Southampton. Under their new owners, Chelsea have also been busy in the transfer market. Their first opponents, Everton, suffered a blow this week when it was revealed that the club's star striker, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, will be out for up to six weeks. And after 23 years away, it's a welcome back to the Premier League for Nottingham Forest. They were promoted under their impressive head coach, Steve Cooper, last season, but it's a tough start to life back in the top flight, a way to rejuvenated Newcastle United. And a look at the weather, mainly cloudy with showers and a few thunderstorms. Showers will ease off and there will be sunny periods tomorrow with temperatures ranging between 26 and 32 moderate southeasterly winds. The outlook, sunny periods and a few showers to start the week. The current temperature is 26 degrees with humidity of 93%. And a reminder of our top stories, China announces a series of countermeasures against the United States as well as sanctions on US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after her visit to Taipei. Here in Hong Kong, a government spokesman reiterates that the SAR government firmly opposes any external forces interfering in the internal affairs of China and a task force looking into the accident at last week's concert by the boy band Mirror says metal fatigue on a suspension cord holding a large video panel was likely the cause of the accident. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio
in the day when music was just innocent fun. Real instruments, mostly real voices. No angry people, no expletives. <laughs> and a tune that you can actually whistle, that's a strange thing these days as well. How you doing? Our second hour on this Friday night of our marvellous musical magical mystery tour. Like a song, it's Radio Pete at Deal. Got about three requests in so far. One of them's coming up right after this. There's a new world somewhere. 